This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 6. <laughs> I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you care. Hello, welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese film Goodfellas from one spectacular minute at a time. Or one at a time. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. With me is Ron Richards. Hello. And Josh Flanagan. Hello. And we're talking about the sixth minute of Goodfellas. 
which starts off with Henry parking Cadillacs in the opulence of the taxi stand and ends with the despair and degradation of his home life. And so you and get the, real, real, the, real conflict here between the, the two in, lives. The, the impending doom of his father walking the length of his apartment to talk to him. Yeah, so this is a real contrast in, in Henry's his home life versus secret um, mafia life, which is if there was a mafia. Um, <laughs> so let's start with what I think is interesting about this minute is that I feel like Tootie's taking his life in his own hands by letting Henry park the Cadillacs. Man, the, 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 the shot of the camera pulling up in front of the Cadillac, and then you just see Henry just with the slight little adjustments to the steering wheel trying to get it in. It's like, oh, this is not good. It's a great camera move because you start sort of at kid's eye level, and you go up over the hood, and as you, you come up there, you know, and he says, I can't even see over the steering wheel. I'm parking Cadillacs. Yep. And and, and you know, like it's it's perfect, and it's and then, one of the, and then not the to mention time. that as the car drive as he's parking the Cadillac, you then see in the background the other kids watch him do it. Girls, yes, and one guy, yeah, well, yeah, but yeah well, sh- mostly don't, girls. Don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> not back then. Um, but I noticed that that camera move, and we're I'm starting to see that Scorsese is not a. Per- I don't think of this as a movie where the camera is constantly moving. That's the thing I think of if I think of. Tony Scott or Michael Bay, God forbid. Oh, it's handheld more often than yes. you think. Handheld so moves thing. the camera a lot. Yeah, I get that, but I don't notice it. Yeah, is I guess the point. Yeah, like well, it's, it's it a is, smoother. It's a smoother. It's smooth. It's natural. It's actually handheld. It's not on a crane. It's not. But it's constantly moving, and that you know, like that's a pretty complicated move coming towards the ca- the car, up and over. You know, it it, it works really nicely. I was I was kind of impressed by that. Yeah. But it works so smooth I'd never actually noticed. There's another thing in this minute that I've never really noticed before uh, that we're going to get to. So what do you think happens if little 13-year-old Henry Hill crashes one of these Cadillacs? He comes or real scrapes clo- one? He comes real close to the wall with this one. i gotta, got to admit. <laughs> I think the guys take care of it. Yeah. Well, because like, the thing is also keep in mind that these cars, no, are, no. These cars are tanks. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're just enormous cars, and really, he's going so slowly. How much damage is he going to do? You know. So. And they all know a guy who can yeah. get that fixed. Yeah, exactly. So that's the other thing. So I think he's okay. So really, yeah, we're starting to get into what Henry's life is like as a as a runner for the for Tutu's crew. It's the mid fifties. I think uh, you know. I think the music really punctuates that. You know, like yeah, he's, we're yeah. still in uh, we're still in celebration mode. Yeah. This is still like look how glorious this all is. We've got the music. Uh, Can't we be sweethearts from the Cleftones? Uh, the Cleftones formed in 1955 in Jamaica, Queens, as high school students. Uh, lead singer Herb Cox wrote the song, which was released in 1956. Um, yeah. So it's probably not a direct correlation to the timeline here, because this would be three years later than Rags to Riches. But, but uh, yeah, but still, era. yeah, but still, and it's, it gives you that like 50s doo wop, you know, yes. and like, and like, what's funny is that when I hear that, when you listen to the song by itself, I think of honestly, I think of Back to the Future and the the malt shop, you know, like mm-hmm. and the kids dancing, but like it's that kind of feeling as he's parking cars, right? Well, it's exciting. If, yeah. if you're a little kid, if, uh, then and you're allowed to park these giant Cadillacs for these guys who you just think are the coolest guys in the world. This is now you are the happiest kid in the world. Yeah, exactly. And and Ray Liotta sells all that. Yeah, like he's very excited. Like his his voiceover is very good. Yeah, yeah, it really it's, it's is thing, good. Yeah, it's it's got a really interesting sort of cadence to it, and like his his New York accent. He's from Newark. Um, the actor, uh, you know, but but that accent's there, so there's there's an authenticity to it. But and he's punctuating all the words and doing it. I you know I get the, I, I from what I understand, like he sort of sat in a room with Scorsese and a mic and did that. Yeah, 
uh, for a long time, and which they, is something you, know, you never think about, really. I mean, yeah, I mean, like the narration is so constant through this whole movie, but yeah, he must have sat in a studio and just recorded it, you know, straight. And and like, I'm sure him and him yeah, and Marty. Yeah, exactly. That must have been amazing. Right, exactly. That's what yeah. I was just thinking. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, so we cut inside, uh, and there's some cops taking bribes. <laughs> so here's here. I thought I have some questions about yeah. this. Okay, sure. Did they walk around with those bottles in their uniforms all day? <laughs> They did, but they got lighter and lighter as the day went on. Exactly. Okay. They didn't have a cruiser that they put them in. in Possibly. Keep keep in mind that the booze and the cigarettes are not only for them, but they're also for his mother and his sister, which Tootie reminds him to make sure she she gets them. Make sure she gets them. (laughs) Okay. So my next question is, is this the totality of the bribe or was this like, you got your money. Here, Here are these other things. I... I I think it's probably a little it's a little from column A a little from column B. I mean because you get the sense that those are beat cops, yeah. you know, and so it's more like hey look the other way, you know, and and Just for a bottle of liquor though. I think I think this is the cherry on the top. Yeah, I think it's cherry I on the top. Yeah, to. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, that that that's all. Yeah. Those are some heavy wool coats to be putting those those uh, oh, fifths of whiskey into. Yeah, you'd think that would be really obvious. You'd look like a kid trying to smuggle stuff out of a store who can't shop there. <laughs> oh man, I just I like that it's like in daylight. It's just not they they come into the cab stand, they get their stuff. You know, like it's 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 just how it's it worked. Understood. It's how it worked. Yeah. So exactly. one of my one of my favorite most inexplicable moments of this movie happens in this minute, and that is when <laughs> the box of yellow cardigans is is opened up, and you just see mobsters walking around wearing yellow cardigans. It, now minute. It, it, it is. Such an example of a, of a subtle undertone of humor that continues yeah. throughout the entire movie. And this movie is about violence and crime or whatever, but somehow he's able to inject humor at various now, points. And I had great. seen this, yeah. and I'd seen that happening in the back, and I definitely had seen uh, Tony Stacks wearing it when it comes outside, but I never put it together that they're all taking them out of the box and all wearing them at the same time. You well, never you never got it? You never understood these? I don't think I ever saw it. I, I yeah. can't believe that. Oh, my God. And then as you I... come out of the door, <laughs> two more guys are wearing yes. them outside. They're it's all wearing summer. them. My fun fact for this for this minute is, is a total of eight mobsters are wearing them at once <laughs> in this minute. I mean, I can't believe you didn't pick up. I picked up on that in 1990. I was I like... <laughs> or maybe I did and I just forgot because it was so routine. Yeah. But I hadn't... They're, and they're not just they're they're canary yellow. These are <laughs> yeah, they're bright yellow. It's not these like I not didn't see them. Where but... these did not stand out. Yeah, and you're gonna like because it's funny because we were talking about the peacock acts, uh, you know, the thing that they're doing, and why would they all want to look the same? Like, I can, yeah, I can wear this. They're free. Of course, yeah. we'll wear them because they're actually very cheap and they're soft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's all happening in the background as Tootie and his bulldog, and of course, Tootie has a bulldog. That bulldog yeah, yeah. is my favorite dog in the history of cinema. <laughs> I that, I love bulldogs. Don't ever get one, by the way, if you're listening to this. That's my <laughs> I have one. Don't ever I'm serious. Like, yeah. You shouldn't get them. Yeah. But if you had to look for a letter perfect looking bulldog who looks exactly like a Cicero. <laughs> I mean he, he looks like, like he sits yeah. he looks exactly like Tootie and Polly. He's a perfect bulldog. He's so great. I yep. just want to smush his face. It's perfect. But so he's writing some stuff down on paper, and he hands uh, hands it to Henry, and he's telling him that to tell somebody that five nineteen is a bad number. And and uh, I I love that again the subtlety of what they're doing by this is that they're showing, 
You know, unless you know what running that, numbers. Yeah, unless you know that yeah. that that what they're doing is that they're, is that they're running numbers. It's a numbers racket. You know, and well, numbers. You know, for for folks folks who ain't knowing, uh, you know, that was a small time sort of local lottery that yeah. that the local the local, if there was a mafia, would be would be doing, and that's a bad number. Yep. So and, they're fixing. And so so, do you know how the lottery numbers? Do you know how how this how this lottery worked? Well, why don't you explain I, I, for people who don't, yeah. perhaps, who are so, listening who don't know what numbers so, so, are? So basically what it was is that it was they created their own lottery by uh, predicting a number, the numbers from the final winnings at the racetrack that day. So every day, the, ra- the horses would run at the racetrack, and there would be a total purse for the win, place, and show. And then they would they picked this the the first digit of the dollars in each of those final purses to come up with a three-digit number. And that way, what and what the numbers racket did was it allowed people to rent. They're playing the lotto. They're just betting. They're betting it's going to be six thirty-two, right? You have no idea what it's going to be. And the reason why they use the horse race is because it's printed in the paper every day, so nobody could accuse anybody else of lying. That this is this is a number that is happening that you, that is attributable, and there in cl- clear as day, it's not five nineteen. So you didn't win. And so and, when they when he tells them the number is bad, what is he doing? He's telling them not not to bet on five nineteen. Like, to, like, don't five nineteen is a bad number. Don't bet that, you know. And I, I, I just, I, I, the, the whole idea of the numbers racket, or the, from the day that my dad explained it to me in the eighties, when, I, when, but I just like, it's just throwing money away. It just shows the gambling that that these this lifestyle leads, where they just they, they're so brazen that they will bet hundreds of dollars, and it comes up later on when when the scene with with Paul Joe Pesci, they're talking about numbers and whatever is betting that you know, it's just random betting. Well, what's interesting now is that, of course, lotteries, I mean, it's basically the same thing, but now they're yeah. run by the state. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, they, they took well, over you, that, you, that numbers, racket. Numbers could still get run out there. Yeah, I know, but like it wasn't like you could buy lottery tickets in the same way now. Right. So and, that and, money and, and they still, used to flow to the... Yeah, and they, still, and they still do it to take some ownership of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's so, always the money. What else we got for this minute? Uh, uh, well, I mean, then we're, we're going to cut into into the Hill apartment again, and the most terrifying father in the history of cinema or television um, <laughs> is coming at us, and he's real calm at this point. So we don't. I mean, if we know now, uh, Chainsaw's dad <laughs> <laughs> from summer school uh, is, is coming at us, and he's very angry, um, but we don't we don't quite know why yet. And 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 what is uh, Henry? As far as I can tell, Henry is just wiping bread on uh, butter on toast. Well, he's hungry. Yeah, it's just parking <laughs> a lot of cars. Yeah, <laughs> and and I also like the 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 camera, you know, kind of tracking back, you know, as he's walking towards it. But how you get the sense that it's nighttime, it's the end of mm-hmm. the day, you know, like the dad's got the shirt open and he's got the undershirt showing, and it's uh, a long probably, day, probably, blue collar job. He's got his yeah. uniform. He's okay. probably he's he's Irish, so yeah, yep. He's tied a couple on. Uh, yeah, exactly. He's had a couple of drinks. It's after dinner, clearly. Racist. So, yep. So <laughs> I am Irish. <laughs> You're doing this drunk right now. <laughs> well, it's well, for me, yeah. <laughs> it's just very ominous um, as, to, as to what's going to happen next. So uh, he's asking him yeah. about school if he's learned a lot, and Henry's just nodding, and you just know that he's busted. Oh man. All right, we're gonna get. Yeah, we're gonna get to that tomorrow, though. Yeah. So uh, anything else? What else we got? That's all I got. Five nineteen's a bad number. All right. So that's it for this for Minute 6. Tune in tomorrow for Minute 7. Until then, you can check us out on Twitter at GoodfellasMin and on Facebook and Instagram at GoodfellasMinute. And you can find all of our episodes 
and all of our feeds and everything at goodfellasminute.com. And if you like comic books, be sure to check out our sister site, ifanboy.com, and our weekly podcast that is there. Thank you for listening. I'm Connor. I'm Ron. And I'm Josh. Let's go with 519. That's <laughs> no, a bad number. Or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is up.